When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello again, everybody. Welcome into Gamecock Central Radio. Emerson Phillips joined by Matt O'Brien. Matt's a former Gamecock football player. He played for the Gamecocks in 2010 and 2011, and he's now working in broadcasting. He works for NBC Sports, and Matt joins us each week here on Gamecock Central Radio to talk about the previous Gamecock football game, and he also previews the upcoming South Carolina football game. So, Matt, we appreciate your time. How are you getting along, bud? I'm doing great. I watched the uh, men's basketball team with a nice win over Oral Roberts tonight, so I'm doing good. How about you, Emerson? Hey, everything's good. You know, Gamecock fans obviously disappointed with another loss, and it was tough, Matt, because South Carolina had high hopes coming into this game, even though Florida had already clinched the SEC East championship. A lot of folks felt like South Carolina would have an opportunity to beat Florida, and you, like a lot of people in Columbia, Predicted an upset victory for the Gamecocks last week. Tell us what went wrong, Matt. Yeah, you know, Emerson, I I, I thought that they just got off to too slow of a start to have any chance to, to come back and win against that Gator defense. They didn't do anything that was necessary on either side of the ball, and it started up, up front in the trenches. The Florida defensive line absolutely manhandled the South Carolina Gamecocks offensive line, and the Gamecock defensive line wasn't able to establish pressure on Treyon Harris which uh, led him to have success in the passing game. But I do stand by my prediction. I, it was obviously wrong, but the Gamecocks' late third and early fourth quarter performance showed what could have been. Unfortunately, by that time, it was just too little too late. So for the second straight week, the Gamecocks fell behind 17 to nothing. It was the same story in Knoxville weekend before last, and here we were again, 17 to nothing down. So why did the Gamecocks continue to start slowly, and why couldn't the offense get anything going against the Gators this past weekend? Well, you know that uber-talented Florida defensive line just manhandled the Gamecocks offensive line. Uh, Perry Orth had no time to throw the ball, and there was no room for Brandon Wilds or the other Gamecock runners to get anywhere at the line of scrimmage. Wilds finished the game with 12 yards rushing, and the Gamecocks finished with 21 as a team. The offensive line just played very poorly and undisciplined at times with those penalties I think they were. I think they were perhaps uh, nervous going against those, those uh, very talented, very energetic Gator defensive linemen. And then another thing that stood out to me with the, the Gamecock offense was just the wide receivers just struggled to create separation against the Florida defensive backs. They just uh, that really the combination of not having time and also not having his receivers open just inhibited Orth's success on the day for his passing. All right, so the Gamecocks down 17 to nothing for the second straight week, and that was the score at the end of the third quarter Saturday at Williams-Brice against Florida. And, Matt, just like in the Tennessee game, the Gamecock offense came to life. It seemed like the, the switch went on and the Gamecocks started to produce in the fourth quarter. What sparked the Gamecock offense in the fourth? What really did spark the offense was that trick play from uh, Farrell Cooper, that touchdown pass to Perry Orth. And then they got a huge help from the defense coming up with a three and out on the next series, which led to a touchdown drive again for the Gamecock offense where Orth looked in rhythm, he looked very comfortable, and he found Farrell Cooper for a touchdown so that Cooper to Orth and Orth to Cooper connection seemed to be working there. 
But like you said, Emerson, it was uh, just too little too late. All right, Matt, let's talk a little bit about the Gamecock defensive performance. 24 points allowed, not terrible. And I thought the defense kept Carolina in the game, you know, much of the ball game. But when South Carolina needed a stop late in the game after the Gamecocks had cut it to 17-14, Taylor broke off that 53-yard run down to the one, and Florida scored on the next play to make it a 10-point margin. And that was all she wrote for South Carolina. Yeah, you know, they gave up the 14 points early on. But then late in the second quarter, they also came up with the red zone takeaway, which is huge. Spur TJ Gurley was able to pick off Trayon Harris, and that stopped the Gators from getting even more points before the half. So that was big. But those big windows and coverage we saw in previous weeks just continued. They allowed Trayon Harris to pick apart the defense at times. He finished with over 250 passing yards, which to me was way too much for a guy who's such inconsistency with his accuracy and his decision-making. I thought the Gamecocks should have held him to around 180, 170 mark. But later on in the game, they did come up with big stops, takeaways, which allowed the South Carolina offense to come back on the field, score some points, and gain momentum. That last uh, play, that big play by Kelvin Taylor, that 53-yard run, that was just an error at all three levels of the defense. The defensive line didn't hold their gaps at the line of scrimmage. Uh, Sky Moore, who's played a brilliant year for the Gamecocks, he filled the wrong gap and really took himself out of the play, allowing himself to be blocked by the Florida offensive lineman. And then the safety, Jordan Diggs, was at about 13 yards. And at the snap, rather than looking to read the tackles and the guards, he just backpedaled and he was at about 17 yards, took himself way out of the play to make uh, a tackle in the gap that was open from the lack of gap control by the defensive line and the poor fit by Sky Moore. So the combination of those factors led to that huge run by Taylor. It led to another score by the Gators and uh, just sealed the victory. But um, this game, more than any, just showed South Carolina's lack of talent or SEC-caliber talent across the board. Um, And it really just stood out on the perimeter players, the skill players especially, and uh, particularly on the offensive side of the ball. Like I said, South Carolina was unable to create any separation at the wide receiver position. Those guys, man-to-man, just weren't as talented as the Florida Gators. Gamecock Central Radio, Emerson Phillips and Matt O'Brien here breaking down this 24-14 Florida victory over the Gamecocks. And we've got new smartphone apps available for you. We've got a new Android app and a new iPhone app that are both out now. And we're also on iTunes. Simply search Gamecock Central Radio for all three. The new Android app, the iPhone app, and iTunes. Search Gamecock Central Radio. So, Matt, it is another loss for South Carolina. The Gamecocks are 3-7, and seven, and they wrap up SEC play 1-7. and seven. But talk about keynote performances for the Gamecocks. Who impressed you for South Carolina this past Saturday? I'll start on offense with Farrell Cooper. He only got seven touches, but he, he seems to get more involved each week. It's still nowhere near the level or the, the amount of touches I think he needs to get for this offense to be successful. But he had that nice touchdown pass to Perry Orth, which sparked the offense, and then he came back with another touchdown catch. And he's playing at a very high level for the Gamecocks. And as an offensive guy, it's, it's all on him to kind of be the momentum, be the, be the force of the offense. And I think he's doing a good job uh, despite not having enough touches. On the defensive side of the ball, I thought Marquavius Lewis keeps his improving. I, he didn't have a tremendous statistical game but he he proves he's proven to be the Gamecocks best pass rusher and uh he had a nice swim move that led to uh a hit on the quarterback which which became an interception by Gerald Dixon but he had it on Martez Ivy who was uh the top offensive lineman in last year's class he absolutely dominated him on that play and showed what he can do in time when he develops properly and then the guy who I was given the game ball to was Kelsey Griffin despite his limited playing time he had three tackles including two tackles for loss and a sack. And his penetration is really the antidote 
to the Gamecocks ailing pass rush. And uh, quite frankly, he deserves a lot more playing time. And then I have to give a shout out to the punter, Sean Kelly. He had three punts that went within the 20 yard line, including a, a 69 yard boom. He's been a, a true asset and a true weapon for the Gamecocks all season. And he's been uh, one of the better Gamecock punters I've seen in a while. Matt, staying with the Gamecock defense for a moment and looking ahead to the future, do you see some pieces, some players that the Gamecocks will be able to build around as we begin to kind of put a bow on this 2015 season and look ahead to the future? Do you see some SEC talent on the defensive side of the ball? You know, in the secondary, the only guy who stands out at being a, um, a consistent performer for me moving forward would be Chris Lamonds. He's shown some flashes uh, in the past, and, and this year he's really come on and, and really been the only guy who I've seen compete on a week-to-week basis against teams' uh, talented receivers. Uh, he also has struggled at times as, against Florida. He had that missed play on the ball, which allowed uh, Gator running back Jordan Cronkite to catch the ball and run in for the easy touchdown. But he's been pretty good in the secondary. I, w- I would look to him moving forward. They obviously need to upgrade the talent uh, at the safety and corner positions moving forward. At linebacker, I think Sky Moore, T.J. Holloman, Bryson Allen-Williams, and John Walton are all, are all signs uh, that are positive for the Gamecocks moving forward. So they'll, they'll be a good unit there next year. It'll, it'll be interesting to see if John Walton stays on the defensive side of the ball. He's obviously a tremendous athlete who I think could have success as a running back when Wilds and Carson leave. Um, but the defensive linemen, you got the whole, pretty much the whole unit returning who I think uh, will be solid. I, I like uh, Marquavius Lewis. Dante Sawyer, Taylor Stallworth, Kelsey Griffin, who should be playing a lot more. Then you have Boosie Whitlow and Darius English. So that that unit, if they develop properly and they get someone to come in who can coach them how to use their hands and play with proper technique, they could be a pretty good unit for the Gamecocks down the road. Very good, Matt. Do you think Sky Moore goes pro? I hope not. <laughs> he's uh, been tremendous for the Gamecocks. If he gets a good grade or if, he, if he's feeling that he needs to go pro, then um, – more power to him, but I think uh, yeah. the Gamecocks could certainly use him. I couldn't fault him with whatever decision he des- decides to make, though. All right, it's Gamecock Central Radio with Emerson Phillips and Matt O'Brien. We're breaking down this Florida game from this past Saturday, and you can get breaking Gamecock news alerts delivered to your email inbox. All you have to do is text USC to 42828. Text USC to 42828. Or go to the Gamecock Central homepage for more information. Matt, just two games left in the regular season, and the Gamecocks will welcome in an in-state opponent, the Citadel Bulldogs, coming to town on Saturday. And the Citadel team, uh, while athletically should not be able to compete with South Carolina, we know that the Citadel has had a tremendous year, and they shared the Southern Conference Championship this year. That's a good team. Yeah, you know, Citadel's a, a good team. They'll be playing with a chip on their shoulder. Obviously, a lot of those guys were probably overlooked by South Carolina coming out of high school. And then another thing is they just run that, that triple option, that tricky offense, and they run it at a high level. They're averaging 426 yards of offense per game. So maintaining gap assignments to stop the run will be a key point of the Gamecock defense, and it's something they've struggled with all season long. They'll have to do a good job of it against Citadel because uh, they could have a, a sneaky success against the Gamecock defense if they do continue to come out with those poor gap control and those poor fits from the linebacker and safety spots. This week will be all about focusing on fundamentals for the Gamecocks, fixing er errors and tinkering with the personnel. I think that they have the talent to overcome Citadel, but they need to be put in a position to succeed and play at a high level and play with focus. All right, we've got another noon kickoff this Saturday for South Carolina and the Citadel, and we just found out today that the Carolina-Clemson game will also be 
a noon kickoff, and that game will air on either ESPN or ESPN2. Matt, do you ever remember South Carolina playing so many noon games? No, I don't, but with a struggling season, you get kind of slated into those games. But you got to do what you got to do as a player. They need to go out there and play at a high level. I know they want to play under the lights at night in primetime games, but they just haven't played well enough to earn those those night slots. That's right. you got to earn the right to play at night. No question about that. All right, Matt, we'll talk more in depth about Clemson next week, and we will also have a full preview of the Citadel game coming up later this week on Gamecock Central Radio. Thanks for your time, Matt. Thank you, Emerson. All right, good stuff today from Matt O'Brien, former Gamecock football player, now working with NBC Sports. He's in New York City. He joins us each week here on Gamecock Central Radio. And I'm Emerson Phillips. Thanks for tuning in. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.